the, the title uh, of this, this, this uh, part of the series is The Church, A Radical Family of Love. Uh, so, so God was uh, clearly speaking in the worship this morning through people, uh, coming and just sharing what God had put on their hearts. Uh, and it's encouraging because it's what I want to say today. So uh, that's great. Uh, I'm gonna, I just want to start. Uh, we talked last week, Tim was talking about uh, the church being a body. And we heard a lot about that uh, in house groups as well. It was really interesting, good time. Uh, and I just want to continue that theme a little bit first. I'm going to ask um, someone to come up and be a volunteer. About you, Tim. You want to come up? All right. Okay, good volunteering. Okay. <clears throat> now, just want to do a little demonstration. Right. Hey, I've got a nice knife. <laughs> there you go. You hold that. Right, okay, so um, you are, have a body, which is great. Right. It's not that great, but it's not. <laughs> I'm just getting you some payback, mate. <laughs> what I'd like to do is um, I want you to just stab yourself in the chest. Can you do that? I think I decline. <laughs> Okay, well, I understand that because, you know, obviously your heart's quite important. Obviously, you stab yourself in the heart, the whole body will die. Okay, so <clears throat> what about less important stuff? Stab yourself in the eye. You've got two eyes. You'll be all right afterwards. You don't need both eyes. That eye is sort of slowing you down a bit. No? No, no, no. All right. Uh, what about legs? Uh, Just a nice little one of those in there. <laughs> no, you don't. Why don't you want to do it? This is like you'll really be helping my demonstration if you do it. Would I really? <laughs> I think probably I would. How committed are you to this, Tim? <laughs> what about uh, what about um, a foot? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm All right, just a toe, just a toe. Will you just nice, nice little. No, no, no. What about a toenail? Just we'll just hack a toenail. Your toenails are useless. They don't do much at all. Uh, no. No. Why not? Because it would be painful. It would be painful. Are you grown attached to your toes, have you? Uh, I'm just, just generally <laughs> a fan of pain. That's okay. The, uh... um, <clears throat> thanks, Tim. That's great. <laughs> you would think, what is he on about this morning? Um, it talks about, the Bible talks about the church being a body. Okay? And all the people in the church being the bits of the body. Okay? Um, <clears throat> And more than that, uh, I think it's, it's just uh, starting to understand, you know, Tim, in his brain, in his head, he's saying, no, you know, like, you can't, like, stab me in the heart because that would be awful, but also, I do love my toe as well, and you can't stab my toe either, because it's part of me, and actually, I need it, and actually, if you lose your big toe, you can't stand up straight, because it knocks off your balance. Um, and, and so we start to understand that every part of the body is important and useful uh, and you'll be in a lot of um, when one part of the body is suffering it affects the whole rest of the body does that make sense? so um, you know anyone ever got a bad back? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a bad back. Bad back. Bad back. You know, when you get a bad back over here, all right, you start, the rest of the body compensates for it, doesn't it? Uh, and, and after a while, you know, the rest of the body will, will actually carry. You know, your brain will say, don't run, don't do any running. Um, and uh, the other side of your back will, will take the pressure for it. Uh, and eventually, you'll end up with a bad back up here instead of down here because you would have been compensating so much. And you see, the whole body is interconnected. So you can't say, oh, well, I don't need, I don't need, you know, my left butt cheek. That's useless. You can't, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense, does it? You say, well, what are you on about, Pat? This is the most stupid love. Of course you need the whole of the body. Um, but as a church, do we feel like that? Do you feel like, I need every other person in this room? Is that how we feel about each other? Is that how we think? I need to get to church because there's other people there and they need me because I'm part of the body. Uh, and this is how we need to change our thinking to start thinking about, you know, I need to love the whole, you know, you need to love the whole of yourself. You, need, you know, the whole thing these days is holistic. Holistic this, holistic that. You know, what they're saying is, don't just focus on one bit, focus on the whole thing. Uh, and... As a church, we must be focused on more than just our own experience at church. You know, I come to church to be fed, it's about me and God, and then I go. But that, that, that isn't church, okay? Um, and and we'll, we'll start to unpack that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> uh, it says this, so God has put the body together uh, such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And I, I love that. And then it follows up by saying, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Uh, and, and I just love, I love those verses because it says, you know what, the ones that struggle the most, we give the most care to. <laughs> Amen? If your body, if, if your foot hurts, you look after it, don't you? You don't worry about your hands so much. You worry about looking after your foot. And the church has got to be like that too. You know, um, and I was thinking about this. If someone comes to attack you and punch you in the head, you do this. Oh yeah, It's natural. You know, I, I watch a lot of these um, medical murder mystery things because my wife likes them. And all the people, they always have like knife marks on their hands because their hands go up to defend them. And... Um, Maybe you're a hand in the church. Maybe that's the role that you have. I'm, I'm here to pick up the pieces for other people. I'm here to defend other people. Uh, so when you think about your role within the church, it's not, I go to church because I want to connect with God for my relationship with God. There's more than that. Um, it, there, there is more that you have, a, you have a bigger role than that as part of this body here and part of the wider body and the wider church. Uh, I think it's really important that we've got to see, you know, like your head, your brain, like has got some of these default built-in things, right? If you try and, and like jump off a cliff, your body will, have, will, will throw a massive like um, adrenaline fit to stop you doing it. When you get close to the edge, what happens? You get vertigo, you get absolutely gripped with fear, don't you? Because your brain is going, no, we don't want to do that. You know, I w your brain wants to protect your body. 
You know, if and it will send signals to do that. And, you know, Christ is the head. He is the brain of the body uh, of, Christ, uh, uh, of the church. The head of the church is Christ. It says that over and over again. The head of the church is Christ. Uh, and, and Christ loves the whole body. And he's looking to protect and to love and to, to oh, I can't think of a fancy word, uh, admonish the whole of the church. Uh, and the way that God sees every part of the body, he, he, he loves it and he sees value in everybody. And I think we've got to get hold of that heart, the heart of Christ that says, I love every person in this church and I see value in every single person in this church and I'm going to take the time for people in this church. Even the annoying ones. Even the people who've got no grace for the other people. Even the people who just keep doing the same thing over and over again and it winds you up. Jesus is saying, I still love those people. You don't get rid of your stomach because it doesn't work quite properly, do you? You bear with it. You try and do whatever you can to make it work properly because you need it. God loves the church. Right, let's move into uh, the verse The verse that Tim gave me for this, Ephesians 5. Joel, I don't know if you've, if you've given me the clicker and I just can't find it. Here Ephesians 5. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Um, <clears throat> live a life filled with love. Follow the example of Christ. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us, for the church. Um, let's move on. In the same book, let's just keep reading along. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. And really, I mean, apart from saying, you know, boys, you need to step up your game, you know, which uh, is not today's sermon. Um, <coughs> but you can see it. What does it say? Christ loved the church. This is, this is Jesus. He's saying, look, I just, you know, God's plan, my plan, my understanding is, I just want to build this one thing the church I just want to 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 strengthen it I want to see it working properly and all my glory is going to be shown through the church and so do you know what I don't mind giving my life up for the church because I love it so much uh, and I think this is this is this is super exciting all of a sudden church becomes more important <laughs> than maybe it was before if we start to understand this because if Christ is in you if he's in you, then you can't help getting hold of this. This love for the church will, will rise up in you. It has to, because it's what's in Christ's heart. And therefore, if Christ is in you, it has to flow out. You can't, you can't love God and not love the church. You can't be in relationship with God have a really good fantastic relationship with God and not love the church it's not possible
uh, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit uh, in a minute. Um, I just want to create maybe a, a slight little context for um, today's sermon. Who, five points, who can tell me what's the greatest commandment? Amen. Any, anything else you want to add on the end of that? Indeed, but they can't be extrapolated from each other. And this is what I want to uh, share with you. Now, the context of this is, is someone comes to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what's the greatest command of all? They don't say, what's the greatest two commands? They don't say, what's your number one and your number two? They just say, Jesus, what is the greatest command of all? And he says this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Why does he do that? He was only asked for one, he's given two. Well, the truth is, they're, they're, they're intertwined with each other. You can't separate the first one and the second one. You can't love God and hate people. It doesn't work. You can't say, I just want a relationship with God and I don't want a relationship with the church. It, it doesn't function because God has decided that the church is his vehicle. Church is his body. He, uh, the, um, the, the manifestation of Christ is the church functioning properly. Uh, and so we sort of see this. I, I, think, it's, I think it's pretty exciting. Um, this next one. This man comes to uh, Jesus and he's a, he's a pretty good boy. Quite well off. But he's been doing the right thing his whole life. And he says to Jesus, I've kept all the commands. All these I've kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? And Jesus, said, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And I just want to store this one up. So we're going to put that on, this one on the back burner for a minute. The words I want you to keep in your head, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect. And then that next bit about selling your possessions and giving to the poor. Okay? Right. Let's get back on track. The church, not optional. Okay? Now you might say, Pat, you know, you know, because there's a lot of people out there, I've heard it, you know, like, um, yeah, well, I'm all right with God, I just don't like the church people, you know? You heard that? I don't like all the rules. I don't, I don't like the, you know, this and that. And people will say, and, and if you say, what do you think about God? Someone who's not a Christian, you go to them, what do you think about God? And you'll hear this answer quite a lot. Well, the church is corrupt. Oh, people in the church, they do this, they do that. Have you seen the priests? Have you seen this? Yeah, but what do you think about God? People can't extract it, church and God from each other. Uh, and sometimes we, we like to do that because it makes it simple for us. Well, I just, I've got a relationship with God and I read my Bible and I like to keep it simple. I don't want to get mixed up in the mess. And there's a lot of mess at church. But there's also... Um, 
I think there's something so fantastic and so unique about the church. There's nothing like the church out there. Uh, and when the church is working properly, in unity and in love, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's unrivaled. There's no organisation like it. Uh, there's, no, there's no body like it. Um, because it represents Christ when it's working properly. And people will see it and they'll be like, there's nothing out there like this. When the church is working properly. You know, when the church is just a show. When people just, if you just go to work and, uh, and, you, and you carry on being who you were before and then you go to church on Sunday, people will say, there's nothing different about this person. But when people see the church in action, when they see you loving someone from down the street who's not like you, who goes to your church, when people see that, when people say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm helping out so-and-so. Then people go, oh, this person's different. There's something about, there's something about them. What have they got that I haven't got? What have they got? What are they in? I, I, might go, I, need, I need to go and check this out. Now, if that person isn't representing Christ, isn't loving others, isn't loving those people in the church, and then whinging about, oh, I'll go to church. People are like, yeah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, so there's something, in my eyes, there's something super exciting about the church. Um, it does come with a warning. If you're going to open up your heart and love people in the church, people can let you down in the church. Uh, people can hurt you. That's just a, I'm sorry, that's just a reality. Okay? And you know what? There, there's people who have let me down at times. Um, and, and hurt my feelings. Um, and I just wanted to... But there's, there's one thing that I know for a fact. That if you're hurting, the best place to get healing is in the church. <laughs> now, if you're hurting because of people in the church, that can be really tough. But if you move outside of the church, I'm not talking about a church or a certain church, I'm talking about the church. If you move outside of that, you're, you're, you're not outside of God's love, but it's very, very difficult for you to receive the body of Christ. Does that make sense? It's very difficult for you to, you know, because Jesus is saying, well, well I'm using the church as my vehicle to speak. I'm using the church as my hands and my feet. Now, if you are hurting, you need Jesus. What you need is the church. Uh, and so I would encourage you that when things aren't going quite right and you are hurting, don't run from church. If you can't go to a specific church, go to a different one. Go and find other brothers. Go and f but, but don't run away from the body of Christ. Run into it with everything you've got. Run into it. Hurt. Be hurt. Let people put a band-aid on. Let people help you. It's really hard to do, but it's the quickest way to healing and it's the quickest way to be released from all the burdens that you carry. And the longer you carry them, the heavier they'll get. And, more, and, and, and the more you stay outside of God's word 
You know, and we're saying that the church, you know, Jesus is saying, well, if the church is my body, the church is my mouth. The church is where I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak truth. And when you're hurting, you need truth speaking into your life because what you will do is you will, if you can't hear that truth speaking, you'll just, you'll just latch on to lies. Just natural, just normal. That's all you're hearing. So it's so important that we, we, we run into the church when we are struggling. Uh, we had a, um, I'd say, when we joined this church, my, my wife was not in a great place. She was really hurting. She was, she'd become delusioned with Christianity because of people in the church. It upset her. And, you know, some of it was her problem. But people had upset her um, and they hadn't acted quite like Christ. And so she just stopped going. Um, and, um, you know, I did a bad job of trying to persuade her to go to church. With <coughs> yeah, I told her she had to go. Clearly that didn't work. <laughs> uh, I, um, I tried to guilt her into going. That didn't work either. If you know Gemma, you know that's not going to work. Um, I tried everything I could think of and it didn't work um, and in the end I just started praying for her uh, and I'm sure other people were too you know um, and we had to go to another church which was actually this church and you know God spoke to me and said yeah go for it and she's, Gemma said look I want God and I want to, but I, I, I need somewhere else to be and so we went we came here and we were you know I didn't think I was a mess but I was <laughs> <laughs> probably still am um, and you know I thought we would go in for Gemma uh, so that she could get herself sorted uh, but really one thing I found here was that I received all this discipling that I needed um, really I, I was a sort of person uh, unreliable um, I, was, I, was, I was excited about Jesus but I was a yo-yo up and down and, um, and I, I was great one day, I was the next day and you know like um, and what I needed was to be discipled and Pastor Paul um, he really took me on his wing and um, gave me the beats I needed I remember one, one time I turned up for the men's breakfast at about half past eleven, just when they were serving the breakfast, I missed everything and Paul opened the door and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And he was like, you're a joke, you're a joke. <laughs> Started laying into me. And it's, but it's what I needed. And he was like, the other guys look up to you. And he, and he laid into me and I was like, ah, oh, he's probably right. But I needed the church. As a, as a young man who was fired up for God, but a total mess, I needed the church. I needed someone to come um, and tell me off. My dad wasn't around anymore, and I didn't have someone who's, you know, doing that. But the church did it. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, arms and legs, voice, body, is Christ, the church. Let's have a couple of look at some, some verses. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in, me. remain in my love. 
When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now that's a, that's a bit, that's a chunk there. I mean, you could probably do like three or four sermons out of that just on its own. Um, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Who's your friends? Those in the church. Who's your brothers and sisters? Those in the church. Are you laying your life down for them? Or are you turning up? Say hello on a Sunday. This is a big challenge. It's a big, big challenge. Am I at church? Or am I in church? This is how we know we are the children of God. This is, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Power phrase that. The children of God love their brothers and sisters. The children of the devil don't. Simple. Quite simple. It's quite a statement, isn't it? But I didn't, I, I didn't make that. I'm, I'm not saying, like, love the church, love the church. You know, this is Pat's, what Pat's saying. This is what Pat's saying. This is what the Bible says. Love the church. Love your brothers and sisters. This is how you're going to show that you're my children. This is how you're going to show the world. This is how you're going to show in the church. It's, it's quite tough. But, but, but what you can see is you can't just have that. It doesn't work. It has to be that. That's not going to transfer very well on the audio, that, is it? <laughs> God has made you to be part of this church. And I'm talking about Jesus' church. I'm not talking about River Church. And you look at God's plan from the beginning. If he wanted just that, he would have stopped at Adam, wouldn't he? He would have just made Adam and gone, perfect. You and me, best buddies, don't need anybody else. You know, your relationship with God is, is so, so important. But you can't extricate it from your relationship with the church. Because it doesn't work like that. have a little look at it the church is not a consumer experience church is not like a cinema trip is it I'll have um, I'll have 
two bags of God and a bag of pick-a-mix. And I'll sit in my seat and I'll enjoy, them. I'll, enjoy, I'll enjoy the presentation, I'll enjoy the film. How was church? And this is how you can start to like, judge it a little bit. How was church? Ever had that conversation in the car on the way home? Or with someone you get home, they didn't go? How was church today? Oh, well, yeah. I don't really like the songs. Oh, well, yeah, I don't really think get into it. Preaching was a bit boring. It was Pat again. He went on for too long. It's not consumer experience. You know, like, after church, you don't get a consumer survey. How many people get them? You go on the internet, you go on anything, and they want a survey, don't they? How do we do? How do we do? Give us a score out of ten. Oh, well, I'll give you an eight. It was good customer service. How was Pat's sermon? Well, I'll give it a four. How was Tim's worship? Well, I'll give it a two. It's not, it's not what we're about. We're a family. And I say, well, I paid my money. I want to get what I came for. That's not how the church works, is it? <laughs> All right. Let's see what God's purpose is for this wonderful body is. Uh, you know, God has said, well, do you know what? And this is something I've got at the house group. Um, do you know what? The church is my master plan to save the universe and to show my glory and to reveal my son to the world, uh, to show what, what this mankind that I made is supposed to function like. It's my, it's my thing. And, and he speaks to the principalities and power and says, look at River Church. See? Look at these guys. You know, the responsibility in us to the principalities and powers to show them all God's love uh, and to be in unity with one another. Uh, all right, let's have a look at this one. I'm skipping ahead. There we go. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another, your love within the church, the way you treat each other within the church, is going to show people who aren't in the church that you're actually following me. That I'm actually something that's to be followed. They're going to show them what I'm actually like. That's what he's saying. So we see that actually the church is God's tool for evangelism. Does that make sense? I'm in them... And you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity. And this is, by the way, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus praying to God on behalf of the disciples. Okay? Twelve of them. Sort of like a house group sized church. I'm in them and you're in me. 
May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and and that you love them as much as you love me. Sort of took me a couple of times to get through this one. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. So he's saying, do you know what? The church, having unity, being one, as one heart together, if, we're one, if we can just, you know, forget all the other bits, if we can just have one heart together, everybody will know that God sent Jesus. That's crazy. Well, we just do unity and then people just... But if you look back uh, and, and you ask people who have run churches for the last ever, however many long, they all say there was a point where we were just all on the same page and people just started turning up. We just loved one another and we just gave our lives for one another and the, the people just... We, we don't know where they came from, but they just came along. They, they saw something, they wanted something. God sent them. God sent people through the door because, why did God send people through the door? Because he knew that when they came through the door, they'd see something real. They'd see him in our lives. Uh, and that's a massive challenge to us, isn't it? To believe that it's not about our effort in evangelism, although I believe that is important, but it's about us laying down our lives for one another Submitting to the leadership of the church. I'm on the leadership of the church. I'm not just up here just saying submit to me. But it's important that as a church we say, all right, we're all on the same page. I'm going to make sure that I stay on the same page and I don't go away and get bitter about things and that I'll come and I'll chat about it if I'm struggling. Because we need to be in unity if God is going to just send people. And if Jesus is going to be lifted up high and people say, must be Jesus. Jesus must be God's son. That's exciting stuff. It's an evangelism tool. Now, me and Tim have debates about this at times. We talk about, can, you know, if you do evangelism without the church, does it really work? It can work. People, someone can go and get born again, but they need to find the church because some, it's like a, there's a parable and it talks about all the stones and the weeds and all that sort of stuff. You know that one? You know, where, where some, some of the seeds, they sprout up. But it's much, much more difficult for, for um, those seeds to sprout up if there's a load of rocks in the way. Or, if, or all these other things. Uh, and when you, when you come into the church, it's like coming into, hopefully coming into a field of other seeds that are all grown up together. And as you do that, you grow stronger together. And so it's really, really important that our evangelistic activities coincide with, our ch- with, with the church and they work together in unison. Does that make sense? So, next question. Oh, I just wanted to pick up on that one thing, that perfect unity. Uh, I said earlier... If you, what did it say earlier? Can anyone remember? If you want to be perfect, then go and sell all your stuff. And come and follow me. And, and what I want to pick up on now is that 
Jesus is saying, he's praying, he's saying, look, make them perfect in unity. Make my church perfect in unity. And as you do that, he is more revealed. And you'll see on this one, this is in Acts, when the church first got together. Now the church first got together and the Holy Spirit came. But they were, they were on one page. I'll tell you right now, they were on one page. They were all in this upper room, 120 of them, and they didn't have anything, anywhere to go. They, didn't, they were just waiting on God together. Uh, and God really met them. And then they just went out in the power of the Spirit and they started preaching. Peter preached and 3,000 people just became Christians. And they tell all these Christians, it's all of a sudden, like, what we can do? What's this church structure like then? Oh, we need a house group system. Oh, what do we need? Who's doing what? Uh, and it says all the believers met together, together in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need they worshipped together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people and each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who are being saved. Uh, I'm just going to read the next one as well. Might as well. All the believers were united in heart and mind. There you go. Look, check that out. All the, all the believers were united in heart and mind. Just like Jesus prayed. Make them perfect in unity. Make them perfect in unity. And as he does that, they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. You want to be perfect? Go and sell all your stuff. Yet Jesus is saying, go on, make my church perfect. Make them like that. Make them people don't care about their own stuff. Now, I'm not telling you to go and sell your house. Okay? But what I'm saying is, in your heart, is your house yours or is it the Lord's? And if he asks you to give it up, will you do it? I don't know if I will yet. I put a lot into my house. Lord, make me ready. Lord, come and speak to me. Does that make sense? God is making us perfect in unity and as we love one another, as we keep coming together, God will do things in our own hearts and you'll be giving more than you thought you could give. You're not going to have to tell you, you need to give. It says that they felt they were of one mind. They felt that they, what their own was not their own. Not Peter stood up and said, your stuff's mine now. He didn't say that. They felt, no, 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 I, I, I don't want it. The apostles testified powerfully of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them because those who owned land and houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give it to those in need. That's incredible, isn't it? Have we got there yet as a church? So it's a question I'll come around here. Have we got there yet, Helen? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? I think we're on, we're on the path. I'll tell you now, I've seen so many generous people in this church. Giving, sharing, changing their hearts when it comes to giving. And, and it's exciting. But I'm telling you, there's more than where we are today. There is more. Uh, and it's, it's up there. And you've just got to find, start loving those people in the church. Because you know what? And you might say, well, there's nothing to give to. And this is something I was thinking about. Well, there's no need. There's no need. Uh, there is. 
There is need in the church, but if you're not loving people, you won't find it. You won't find it at home on your Xbox. You won't find it in the workplace, burying yourself in that. You'll find it when you start loving people in the church because they'll open their heart to you and they'll tell you, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And you'll realise, I need to give to this person. I need to give them my time. I need to give them my patience. I need to give them, it might be financial. But God will get hold of you and start changing you as you move into this heart that says, do you know what, I've got to love the church. Now when you join when you joined this church, I don't, well, certainly it wasn't my heart when I joined, was, do you know what? I'm going to get into it with these people. I'm joining this church because I just want to love them so much. My primary aim is to love them as much as God loves me. Is that how we think? I don't know if it is, but that's what God is asking. Will you go for it? Will you get stuck right in? Will you get hurt at times? Because you care so much. It's inevitable. God will heal you. He'll come and restore you. And he'll lift you up to a higher place than you were before. But you're going to get hurt at times. But we come and love. It's not more complicated than that. I'm telling you now, it's not more complicated than that. How am I doing for time, Joel? He's not in there. All right, okay. Let's stop there, shall we? Amen? Or shall I keep going? No? No, all right then. <laughs> it's a challenge though, isn't it? I hope you're challenged this morning on where you're up to with loving the church. Because we can get focused on what I'm doing. Well, I've got this and I've got that and I'm coming and I'm coming on Sunday because I need to feed. Maybe you do. That's good. Keep coming. But start to look for how can I love? How can I love people? You know, it's hard to love people if you haven't even got their mobile phone number. You don't know where they live. Get, start getting involved with people more. So just encouragement. And you know what? Um, it talks in some of these verses about open your house up. You read um, in Romans, you read in Hebrews, you read in Philippians, and I've got all these verses and I'll kick them out there for the Bible study this week. It just says, love people. Put up with them. Bear with people. It says, practice hospitality. Invite people over to your house. Just make them a meal. You, you, you don't know how far that goes with people. I love it. Invite me. <laughs> I don't like sweet corn. Alright, <laughs> right, should we pray? Let's see, what the, let's see what the Lord... Maybe the Lord's knocking on your heart and you're saying, look, Lord, I want to reset. I want to start going for this. Amen? Let's, let's respond to the Lord together, shall we? I'll pray. And if you want to pray, you can pray too. Amen? We'll have, a few, we'll have a few minutes where if you want to pray out, you can pray out and pray in your heart, whatever you want to do. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the word. Lord, we thank you 
Lord, that you've let us be part of this church. Lord, we thank you, um, Lord, that you've let us be part of your church. Um, Lord, help us to love one another. Help us to work out unity uh, amongst us. Lord, help us to submit to one another. Help us to see each other as more important. Lord, help us to lay down our lives for each other. Lord and um, Father, may we see your glory in this church. Lord, I would love it if people came and just said, well, this place is different. Well, I need to keep coming because there's something here that isn't anywhere else. But we pray for that amongst us. Lord, that you would really set our hearts on fire. Lord, you would challenge us, Lord, where we are not loving one another. Lord, where our hearts have gone a little bit hard. Lord, challenge us. Lord, uh, allow us to step closer to you and closer to one another. In Jesus' name, amen.